Hey, what's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? How are you all doing? Today's a really fun episode. Nicole from the Modern Romance Pod joins me, and we're talking about basically every like romancy dating TV show and rom com movies. All I can say is at the RTBP studios, we are gearing up for Valentine's Day. I feel like a lot of things are happening in Bachelor Nation, IRL, and there's just like a lot of really good celeb news. So make sure you're following me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at RTBP Podcast. I'm doing some like fact or fiction Instagram stories, which are really fun because you get to hear basically immediately from the RTBP community about certain celeb controversial issues. So definitely check that out. And as we head into February, if there's anything specifically you want me to cover, any interesting topics or news stories or anything like that, send me a DM and I'll be happy to oblige. My episode with Nissi from TikTok comes out this weekend. We did an hour and a half podcast on Nylee, which is obviously Miley Cyrus and Nick Jonas. I can't wait for you all to hear it. Anyways, here's my conversation with Nicole. I'm here with a very special guest, Nicole from the Modern Romance Podcast. Nicole, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me here today. Yeah, I've been so excited to record. I can't wait to pick your brain on a bunch of different topics we have. I kind of feel like this is like a Valentine's Day romance dating <laughs> kind of episode, which is like really, really fun. Mm-hmm, totally. It should be fun. Dating, love, all that stuff should always be fun. Totally. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I'm Nicole and I live in New York City. I'm 30 years old and I'm single. And it's kind of why I started my podcast Um being single and 30 is like really tough in like today's modern age. And there's like so much negativity around like the dating scene. So my goal with my podcast is to try to make dating fun, try to get people to think differently about their relationships and change the conversation when when people talk about like love and relationships. That's awesome. Have you lived in New York for a long time? I've lived in New York my whole life. I feel like I should oh, probably wild. leave, <laughs> you know, like experience a different city. But I'm such like a New York girl. It's actually it's probably bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like also when I think about New York and like what's depicted on TV, it's often about how hard it is to date in mm-hmm. that city. Is that what you kind of found? Yes, totally. I think there's I mean, the quality of the people are great, but there's so much people here. It's such a dense population. Everyone's mindset is, well, you know, this person's great, but what else can I catch? Like, okay, they don't have all the qualities that I like. I'm just going to keep looking. And that's kind of the mentality that people have built around dating in New York City. That's so interesting because I feel like people say that also about like uh, using apps like well, this person's good, but, like, if I swipe a few more times, like, who knows what else I could find. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's so interesting. And what do you podcast about? So I usually have people come on the show and talk about how they found love or, like, 
them having a hard time finding love and <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of podcasts out there that talk about like how to or like what's the right way to do things but generally I try to get people who have experienced something really deep something really meaningful and sharing it with my audience so I like to lead by example like if I have a dating story I share it because someone's out there is gonna listen and they're gonna learn from my mistakes or they're gonna learn from something that I that I took away from my experience I know I love on your like Instagram when you share some of these details I'm like this is like watching my own TV show (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad good (laughs) it's really interesting and today like I said we're gonna talk all about yeah kind of like relationships etc we're gonna check in with The Bachelor which I haven't really done on the podcast uh yet this season we're gonna talk about Sex in the City and some potential plot lines we think uh, the ladies will have in the reboot. Bridgerton, uh, I can't wait to revisit that. And our top five rom-coms for Valentine's Day. And then we're going to finish with a This Week in Petty. It's going to be a whirlwind of a podcast, <laughs> let me tell you that. Um, but Nicole's going to share some recent dating stories, which also I love. So... Let's jump right in. The Bachelor, we're talking Matt James's season. When did you start watching The Bachelor? So I actually, back, I don't know when this was, but do you remember the first Bachelorette? It was like Trista and Ryan. Mm-hmm. So that was my first episode, um, uh, my first season ever. And I don't know why, but I guess I just, this, the season afterwards, like there was like somebody, a guy after her and I just, I don't don't know maybe I like lost interest but that's what I like started getting into it like that way way back in the day and I kind of fell off it like I see it like on social media here and there and I never really thought about getting back into it but during quarantine the whole Claire Dale situation just like kind of caught my attention and I was like I mean it was everywhere like it kind of broke like like I guess the rules about the whole bachelorette bachelor franchise so I like didn't exactly get back into it that season and I think somebody else like kind of took over after that whole drama went down and I was like okay the next season I'm gonna like get back into it because this is like super interesting so I've been following Matt and his journey um, on The Bachelor so far and it's been like kind of crazy (laughs) I know it it really has it feels to me like an old season some of the drama and stuff seems like what we would watch like back in the day mm-hmm. like road rules what's that mtv show the real world there we go yes yes <laughs> it feels very and maybe that's just because again they're stuck in the one house and they can't like travel and stuff like that but there's just a different like vibe to it than kind of like modern bachelor shows are you enjoying it though like I'm finding it hard to like get into I'm not really rooting for a lot of people and I feel like I don't know tons about Matt and I feel like that's I don't know and I might just be bachelored out I've said this a few times Mm -hmm. on the pod but like going back to back I think there was like 11 days in between Tasha's finale and Matt's uh, premiere and I wish they just pushed it like to February 1st or something Mm-hmm. You, you needed like a little break in between the two seasons yeah I mean now that I'm getting back into it I'm trying to find like a like a main DNA of the show myself and I couldn't tell if it was because like I just got back into it and I 
started watching it and I was like, what is going on? The way that they treat the girls, like, I think it's pretty barbaric. I was like watching it and I was like, is what has the show turned into? Because when they got the girls to like, I don't know if, I can't remember if it was like they were paintball fighting, but I was like, okay, is this always how it was? Because I do not remember it being this, like this cutthroat. So yeah. like, if you're not watching, basically they took the girls and kind of tricked them into going into a group date with Matt. Um, and then they told them, well, they were in wedding dresses because that was their mm-hmm. that was the whole day. They got into, every girl got to pick out a wedding dress, got to take photos with Matt. And then they cut that short and told the girls like, okay, hey, you're going to fight for Matt's love. Um, and then it was like a huge paintball fight. And then this week it was an actual like boxing match where they like had the girls go into a ring and fight with each other. And I was like, what has the show turned into? This is, is this what the show is really about? Like, I thought this is about connection and like love. <laughs> Clearly it's totally. like purely like uh, sabotage and drama. Yeah. Okay. That is such a good point. And you're totally right. It's That's something I hadn't thought about, but like, what is the emphasis on these like physical like matchups this season and all of this fighting? I think it's pretty classic on the bachelorette for the guys to have dates where they're like boxing and stuff like that but it's just so weird how there's been a few dates in a row that seem so like physical and like it's not fun to watch like I don't want to watch two people literally box in like a ring with like all the gear on and stuff like that's mm-hmm. not interesting to me it's not romantic at all <laughs> no and like I would way rather just have more time listening to the conversations with Matt and whoever he's speaking to and I think that's like another thing of why I'm like I don't even know anything about him because I've seen on other like podcasts or or Instagrams or whatever that they've cut a lot of his like responses to the girls back and like that's why it seems like he's always like thanks for sharing and then like makes out with them (laughs) they like (laughs) they like cut his actual like conversation and I'm just tired of like yeah these like really gimmicky dates and then these conversations that seem like one-sided or like really I don't know, put together by producers. I mean, that makes sense because it does seem a bit shallow. Like the conversations are all about like, okay, I want you to be vulnerable, like open up to me. And then she does, like a lot of the girls have have been really trying. And once they do, he's like, okay, thanks for sharing, makes out with them. And like, that does make sense because I'm pretty sure he doesn't seem like a really, um, didn't seem like mean spirited. And I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure he has a lot to say just like based on his bio he hasn't been tied to this franchise before so maybe there's maybe that's part of it too like he's not really sure how to act maybe the producers like want a response from him and they're just not giving it to him maybe they think he's too good a goody I don't know (laughs) yeah totally and I feel like also they've had such a focus on this drama with like Victoria and Anna etc that like Maybe they've just had to cut things for time, but Mm -hmm. I would way rather see people talking about real life things than like all the making out or all like this like staged BS that we're Mm -hmm. seeing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And okay, also, because you were saying how you were like trying to figure out, yeah, what The Bachelor is about in 2021, the five new girls entering the house is 
not classic bachelor at all that's never happened before right okay. no i, was, I don't think i was so. really upset actually i was like okay you want me to get to know five other girls like i don't really have time for this i know the girls were pissed and like again it's like kind of stirring more drama in the house and i feel like that's what the producers are pushing rather than like sh- like giving matt like the love that he deserves because right now i can't tell who he likes at all yeah I I really can't either. Like I feel like he likes Michelle and um Rachel and I think he likes um, Bree. Bree exactly. Mm-hmm. But like I was thinking about the five girls entering and it's like would I be mad or would I be like okay with it? And like I feel like at some point you like would be kind of mad. I wouldn't have been like bullying them obviously. <laughs> but like you are on a show and you like when anyone goes home that like makes your chances higher right to mm-hmm. to be the one that he picks so I just feel like if five other people I'd be like oh my god what about if like literally his soulmate is in this group and it's not me like right I mean like if it's I mean it's really hard but the show because it's like so the probability sucks but like if something's meant to be it'll be but you're put against all these obstacles which are like the other contestants so it's really about like being true to yourself rather than looking at it as like well I have all these girls and it's it's kind of like modern dating too with like we were saying earlier about the apps it's like okay you found someone you really really like do you put all your eggs in one basket or do you kind of What's what's the term I want to say? Um, yeah, like spread, spread your, it out. Yeah, yeah. spread yourself thin, <laughs> and with the chances of you making it with any one of these guys, like what's better, you know? Totally, and that's a really good point. That I think the women who and men on the Bachelorette who do well on these seasons really are focused on themselves and their journey and being true to themselves and the lead. Um, versus like paying attention to any of the other contestants and that's why I'm kind of worried for Katie I really like her but when she's telling Matt about the other girls it just I feel like never ends well for the person who tells the lead so I'm really interested to see like how it goes Mm -hmm. I mean I don't know I thought maybe it would work in her favor I haven't been up to date with the whole show but maybe he'll see that as like maturity thing because I think out of all the girls right now she is the most mature and she was the girl who came out with a vibrator when she first got out of the limo which is like a 360 but I think maybe Matt might appreciate that because she's the strong one to come forward and say something because I mean obviously it's not good in that house totally and I guess the difference between her telling um him about the house and like prior um contestants who have gone to the lead when something's happened is like it seems like she's talking about the house in general, where a lot of times when they're like, this one girl is like, not like who you think she is, mm-hmm. like that usually like backfires. Yikes. Okay. So we'll see, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. And I just, one other bone I have to pick is like, I hate when it does not end in a rose ceremony. It's so frustrating. I, I think that that happened for the last week, right? When I think when What's Her Face passed out. Yeah, Sarah. I was like, really? And then we got to wait next week. And I think there was like two ceremonies last week because they picked up from when I don't remember if it was last week, but they picked up when Sarah passed out and then they went straight to a rose ceremony. And I was like, wait, I'm confused. 
what happened last week and I had to like recap myself which is kind of annoying (laughs) yes okay that's exactly it's like you can't follow the storyline because the episode didn't have like a conclusion I'm often like looking at recaps and like on the Wikipedia page (laughs) I'm like what happened like I can't even remember (laughs) one other thing I wanted to mention that's not on our outline but it like happened today is you know in this episode where um it like cut right to the cocktail party of a date and um, we didn't get to see like the group date portion. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Jojo and Tasha were there hosting the date and it like got completely cut. And I'm so interested to hear like what happened because I feel like that never happens. That's weird. Why would they do that, you think? I was trying to think, like, because if someone got hurt, we would have seen that. I don't know. I, I, I literally cannot even think of, like, any options. But I had I'm no on, idea like, they did that. I know. I know. It was, like, kind of, like, secretly revealed by, like, the stylist or something oh. like that. Like, released some, like, pictures or something. It's, it's like, a breaking story. So I'm on, like, all the Bachelor... Uh, like tabloidy gossip websites trying to figure out what happened. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, when you find out, you have to share on the pod. <laughs> I will, I will, for sure. So another thing in like TV news is Sex in the City is coming back. Are you excited for the reboot? I have like mixed feelings because... the Okay, so the, the movies were like... The first one was interesting and <laughs> yes. it was... <laughs> the second one was, I think, a flop, and it was completely unnecessary. I love seeing the girls. I love their outfits because they were in Abu Dhabi, and that's very exotic. But they really didn't need the second movie or the first movie. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like this reboot, do they need it? Eat like, do they need it too? Okay, I'm so glad we're so on the same page with this. <laughs> this is so nice. I the movies like they're just. They weren't good in terms of, yeah, like the fashion was beautiful and like the landscapes and stuff like that. But the storylines weren't good. And the TV show is just so iconic. And I just, yeah, wish they didn't like it seemed like they kind of maybe made the movies for just like money or or whatever. And I wonder like how canon the movies will be in the reboot. Like will they reference like the trip to Abu Dhabi and like... (laughs) I don't know. Are they going to bring up the whole Aiden situation? You know, it's, I don't know. I mean, if you think about it, I think Charlotte had her second baby, right? In the second movie. Okay. I was, I, I could not remember that. Cause I was like, she definitely wants to have more kids. I think maybe they were trying. Um, no, you know what? It was, it was the first movie because big found her while she was having lunch and she was prego. And then when Carrie goes to see Rose for the first yes. time after her birth, Big stopped by and helped her. So, yeah. So, I think they are going to pick up where the movies left off, but I don't think they're going to mention a lot of details. Yes, you're totally right. She definitely has that, like, screaming kid in, mm-hmm. in throughout, like, the second movie and stuff. Like, obviously. Yeah. Um, And then something came out actually just yesterday that said that or Sarah Jessica Parker herself said that they're going to address COVID on the reboot like what do you think about that I think that's such a like a touchy subject to take on because I mean obviously COVID has been hard like I feel like we've been saying that like 
all fucking year <laughs> up to yeah. 2020 and like we get it we're kind of like all like done with it like mentally we all kind of like want to get over it and to like bring it up in the reboot might just be a little bit raw for some people because I mean people have lost their jobs people have lost partners their family members like it's really hard so they've got to do it really um special where they've got to like I don't know maybe include essential workers or something like that um it might be cool to see what kind of masks they wear but other than that like (laughs) it's gonna be um it might be a little tough personally for me to watch I feel the exact same way like I just feel like there's so much devastation and it's also still unfolding like it's not like this is something in the past like this is literally happening right now so it just seems like a weird direction and I I wish that they lived in a COVID free world (laughs) I'm like it also is TV it's like you can just pretend that doesn't exist (laughs) right like when I watch tv now and I see like a regular show or movie and nobody has masks on I'm like oh those were the good times they're like oh good for them like we don't want to watch tv with people with masks on we can just go outside and do that totally (laughs) totally I and like it would be hard to watch a tv show if they're all wearing masks like how how do you like watch like listen to them and stuff um so what do you think Carrie is up to 10 years later after the second movie? So she still has to make a living, right? Like like that big apartment or whatever. I think she's with, living with Big, obviously, still, because um, he's the one with the money. But she still has to keep, you know, her time busy. I, I do think she is still working on her column, but maybe it's more of like a like a hybrid social media um kind of a thing like maybe she's on reels like I've thought about it like oh my what God. Carrie Bradshaw do on a reel <laughs> I think she's maybe trying to tackle it or maybe she has like a younger intern um doing all that for her yeah that's what I thought too is like maybe she mentors like a young writer who just moved to New York City or something like that mm-hmm. because I remember when in the show they got like email and cell phones and she was like so technology adverse and she like didn't know what to do and it was so funny and she but, like, like hides from the computer and she's like Did yes, you see me? yes yes <laughs> that's so funny like it was so weird how she like never wanted like a cell phone or anything but it's like you can't avoid it now like your column probably isn't in the newspaper anymore it's probably on a website <laughs> like, yeah I think so and like to sell your books Carrie you're gonna have to be on Instagram <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else do you envision for Carrie so I think that based on the movies like somebody has come back or like they've revisited a character and I think I would like to see like one of um the exes come back but I think it's gonna be like Big's ex Natasha his first wife and I would love to see that confrontation because I feel like I feel like Natasha deserves it like I don't know where yeah. she's at maybe she's doing better maybe she remarried but I feel like I want to see that happen. me too uh when you wrote this down I was thinking about when she fell down the stairs when she caught Carrie in um, their shared apartment and I was like that was so traumatic it was can you imagine that poor woman like I think she deserves a lot better than big so I mean I think Carrie and big are such to be honest I think they are a little toxic so they kind of deserve it each other yes that's <laughs> so true Natasha deserved better than big yeah. <laughs> that's so funny um 
I also hope for her, like, re-watching the show, knowing what I know now, I thought that sometimes her column was, like, especially for, like, a sex writer and relationships writer, like, it seemed really kind of, like, judgmental sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like her column was very, like, she was, spoke more about her friend's sex lives more than her life because she kept dating the same people over and over again. It wasn't interesting. And sex is supposed to be, you're supposed to explore your options. Um, maybe she'll talk more about, like, same-sex pieces, exploring maybe that, because I feel like they didn't really touch upon those kind of subjects and I know that it was like in the 90s and it really wasn't like it wasn't taboo necessarily but it also wasn't a big subject I don't know like she just seemed to talk about one thing and I guess it's like also it's not a real article and it's used to like further the actual tv show story Mm -hmm. (laughs) like so I get that they couldn't talk about everything but yeah I just hope that yeah, she's evolved as a writer that way. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> and what about for Charlotte? What do you think Charlotte's up to in 2020, 2021? So because of COVID, a lot of people left New York. And I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the, the ladies left New York for that reason. And I think it would have to be Charlotte because, and I think she, I, I would imagine her going to the Hamptons. And a lot of people in New York do that who have like the money and I'm broke. So I would never. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I mean, obviously she has, she had Rose and it's like, I think 20 years later. So I think Lily and Rose are probably dating at this point. They're probably going to school. Um, and it would be interesting to see what Charlotte as, you know, as a woman who's evolved in her love life, how she's talking to her children about dating and, and you know, in today's modern world. Totally. I love picturing her in the Hamptons and yeah, maybe still working in an art gallery or something like that. But Mm -hmm. another really interesting thing is that um, the actress who her name is escaping me, um, Kristen Kristen Davis. Davis. Yes. There we go. There is a woke Charlotte meme. (laughs) And basically it's like when someone said something problematic on the show, which happened like quite often, um, she would reply. It's like a made up reply that she would have (laughs) um, that was like really articulate and kind of like debunked some myth that the girls were talking about. And the actress has like commented on those memes and like said like, I love these, like I fully support these. So I wonder if they're going to try to like weave in woke Charlotte (laughs) to the plot. (laughs) I think she is a lot more woke than she was in the beginning of the series. So I think they should definitely incorporate that. Yeah, it would just be so interesting if they chose something that was like basically created by fans. Mm -hmm. I think that's like would be a really cool element if they like listened to their fan base and did that. That would be smart if they did. Yeah, it would be because I feel like a lot of people, I feel like everyone's going to tune into this, but (laughs) it would get people definitely to tune in. Mm -hmm. And where do you see Miranda? So Miranda, I feel like has always been just like a very strong, like independent woman. Um, I don't think we mentioned this in the outline, but I always thought that maybe she opened her own firm. I could see her doing that. Yes, I love that. I was thinking that too, that she was still like a working gal, still like a badass lawyer, but like maybe she was working on some like really famous 
case that was like years in the making or mm, I love the idea of her opening her own firm because well we all saw their work struggles but I think that was a really big part of her life is like work-life balance and um, being a woman in like a maybe male-dominated field or firm and yeah it was it was always one of my favorite parts of the tv mm-hmm. show do you think she's still with Steve I think so I don't know if they would bring up like another affair because they did that on in the first movie you know it just seemed like it would just be like not typical for them to redo the same storyline and then have them break up um but I mean who knows it's possible like she's had a bunch of like exes and lovers and um who knows and who knows what happened to Steve (laughs) (laughs) I actually really like them together but when I was thinking about what I envisioned them I really thought she should get with Dr. Robert Leeds I loved Dr. Robert (laughs) me too and I guess like (laughs) he was so hot and he was like perfect and a doctor (laughs) (laughs) but I guess like Steve is like Brady's dad and stuff like that so it makes sense why she would want to like make it work with Steve (laughs) that's true that's true And then I was, like, randomly thinking because I was, like, in the movies, they talk about Aiden like he's not in their lives anymore. So, and then I was thinking, didn't he open a bar with Steve and that's how him and Carrie reconnected? And I'm, like, is that still, like, running would they I have that connection Carrie, to Aiden? I, I think maybe maybe they might bring up Aiden again, but I don't think they would hire the actor again, um, just like due to contracts and Hollywood stuff. But I think it's possible that maybe they still had the bar, but then it got shut down because of COVID. <laughs> that would be <laughs> right? that would be like such a perfect like segue into like why they don't have it. <laughs> If they're addressing COVID, I I really like that theory. (laughs) Um, I could also see like Brady, he must be college age now. So it'd Mm -hmm. be really interesting to see like maybe he goes away for college and Miranda and Steve are like empty nesters or something like that. That's that's true. It's good to see where their relationship lies because I feel like this happens a lot with like couples where they focus on the children so much and when the and when the children leave it's like well what do we have left so I mean I'm hoping the best for them because I really do like Steve like he was such mm-hmm. like a nice guy and I think he does compliment Miranda really well like Miranda's he does. a tough girl and Steve is kind of a softy he's like he's not rough around the edges at all um so sweet so yeah I think maybe Brady might have um held them together but we'll see if uh he's just the glue or if they really have a really good compatibility yeah I can't wait to see that I feel like Miranda gets such a bad rap in the (laughs) sex in the city world so um just trying to hype her up (laughs) (laughs) and then I feel like this is like what everyone wants to know but what is Samantha doing (laughs) I honestly this is one of the reasons why I I'm hesitant. Now, I think I'm going to watch it for sure. I don't have HBO Max, but I'm like borderline going to call them right now and be like, ask my bill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I do. It's not the same with that, Samantha. And I don't, I won't um, have the same enthusiasm without her. And 
you know, I do think that maybe they maybe they brought up the breast cancer again. I hate to say that, but you know, maybe it like maybe it got to her this time and maybe she's not around and there and the girls are like mourning her death. It's oh really sad to, to think that, but like it's possible plot line. That is such a good point and really sad, but also like realistic. I think that this is maybe a hot take. I don't know. And like it's kind of morbid, but because the TV show really is about like female friendships um, and guys as accessories, as Charlotte has said, um, that... It would be weird if she just moved or had a falling out with them. Like, that doesn't seem accurate. So I feel like the only way that they can, like, pull off Samantha leaving is something like she passes away. And Mm -hmm. there's, like, no option. Because, like, even when she lived in, I think, California or whatever, Um, in one of the movies like she still was calling them all the time and visiting them so if she just moved like across the country again she would just do it again yeah they would like call her or whatever so maybe she has passed away yeah that would be sad yeah yeah that is really sad but maybe realistic I don't know it would just be I don't know how they would explain a falling out or travel and One of my biggest pet peeves on TV shows is when an actor has left and then they try to like fake a phone call (laughs) (laughs) and it's like one sided or like they even have like the person's like a different person and it's just the head (laughs) like and you can only like I don't know if you watch Grey's Anatomy but um at like one of their weddings Christina was there but it was just like another actress and it was just like her black curly hair like they did sitting that, in think- the audience like- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know they actually did this in um Fresh Prince of Bel-Air they replaced Vivian the mother and they actually addressed it on the show so like in a brand new season Vivian comes on and then I think Will says oh Vivian you look different have you changed your hair and it was kind of like a nod to like changing the actress but I mean is do you think it's possible that they're gonna like find another actress and like not address it on the show yeah and be like this is Sam I don't think so because I feel like something about sex in the city definitely not the movies but the tv show was like grounded in like some type of reality like they didn't do anything like yeah like breaking the fourth wall type thing Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I think it would be crazy and I would feel so bad for that actress because I just feel like they would have so much comparison um or like possible backlash Mm -hmm. um so yeah that would be wild if they just like replaced her with someone else and then just was like hey Sam like (laughs) I don't think they should yeah, I just, it would be so hard and to, again, like this show started in the 90s to have like, say, 30 years of history. um, It would just, I don't know, seem kind of weird. Disrespectful a little bit too. Yeah, I feel so bad for Kim Cattrall. It seems like she didn't like where the Sam story was going or she was kind of getting like repetitive storylines and then... Yeah, it seemed like maybe she just didn't get along with 
with Sarah Jessica Parker and I I don't know who's to blame if if there's anyone but I kind of am team Kim me too I think um there was a post that she put up and I don't know if it was because of the whole announcement about sex in the city returning and she wasn't there but she put up a photo I think it was a black and white photo of her like kind of leaning against a tree and and it was about um she dedicated that post to mental health I don't know if you saw it, but I it no. just made me realize like, okay, like maybe she just truly doesn't want to be a part of the franchise anymore. She's been Samantha Jones for such a long time. And you know how like actresses and actors, they get kind of known for like their main role, like Harry Potter, like Daniel Radcliffe is always going to be Harry Potter um, and things like that. So I wonder if she just, maybe she's moved on mentally from like Samantha. I don't know if it was like, um, Sarah Jessica Parker and the girls not getting along with her but I think truly she just wanted to move on with her life like Rachel and Jennifer Aniston like Jennifer Aniston's been in Hollywood forever but she'll always be Rachel and I think you know Kim Cattrall she's earned it you know she's she's done a fantastic job she's also older you know um I'm sure she has other projects she wants to do now that she's seasoned and I don't like to say that word older because it's very it's very like I don't know, tricky with <laughs> with women. But, you know, I respect her for walking away when she felt that it was right. Totally. Like, you can tell, I feel like, when actors do something and their, like, heart isn't in it. I feel like you can really tell that. And I didn't see that post, but I did see, like, an interview clip. And she said something very similar, just, like, mentally I didn't want to, like, do it. And... I was fine closing the chapter on like what it was and I don't need to revisit that place at where I am now and like that's super respectful sometimes going back into like whatever it is like isn't what's best for you so mm-hmm. and I'm glad that she knows that and um apparently the women are making like one million dollars per episode <laughs> <laughs> of course they better so, be donating that to covid <laughs> honestly COVID honestly <laughs> honestly so like that also might have been like a hard thing to pass down too. like i think it's 10 episodes or something so mm-hmm. like a 10 million dollar paycheck wow wild so wild it makes me feel like what am i doing with my life I know. I know. I know. I I feel like I should want to pick your brain about just like sex in the city since you grew up in New York and are dating in your 30s in New York, which is like what the show was about. Like, do you see a lot of similarities or do you find comfort in hearing about like their struggles? I think I do feel like it is realistic when it comes to the friendships. Because that's what girls do. They they go out, they meet a guy, and, you know, the next day, like, the best part about dating is, like, going to your friends and just talking to them about your date. And that's kind of what I do my podcast, too, except, you know, I'm home and everyone else is listening in their homes. But, yeah, there's, like, something, there's something comforting about um, having your girlfriends, you know, having your back. And you do run into the crazy people in New York, like, a lot of the guys on the show – like I have met, like you have the finance guys, you have the artsy fartsy guys. And like, there's just like a melting pot of men here. It it is really relatable. Women in their 30s, you know, they're supposed to be married, they're supposed to have children. And they kind of set out in the world, like the four women, to not really think about about that. Well, at least with Charlotte, I think that was her focus. But it's nice to know that 
in the end, they do end up with their happy endings. Like, I think a lot of people, especially in the pandemic, they are worried about their dating lives. They're worried about like, oh my God, I'm wasting my time. But like at the end of the day, I think everything will be fine. Um, so if you ever feel like, oh my gosh, in my thirties, I'm, I'm losing time. Just watch Sex in the City and you feel so much better. <laughs> yeah. I remember feeling like a relief. I watched it when I was in high school, but because you do have like, as a woman, this extreme pressure to find someone get married and like that's the common narrative we know now that like any path that you choose is super valid but it was like the story being told to us was like yeah find a husband and have kids or else you're like not (laughs) like a good person (laughs) and I found it really comforting even in high school when they were dating in their 30s and they were even talking about seeing girls in their 20s dating and just kind of like shifting their attitudes like my life ends when I turn 30 to like this is my prime like I'm still in my prime and I feel like I should like reflect on that more (laughs) you know they do say that a woman peaks sexually in her like 30s and I think it's like that mindset that like when you're in your 20s you're you have all this pressure to find somebody to to get married and all this stuff and then when you hit 30 you're like wait I'm 30 it hasn't happened so what am I why am I rushing and women get more comfortable sexually because they're not like they they aren't getting all this like pressure like up against them and I think that's when women really find themselves sexually so yeah nice that's why it's called sex in the city you know (laughs) (laughs) nice something to look forward to with this uh 28 year old (laughs) okay we're just like on a tv roll here Bridgerton has taken the world by storm Um, It is now the top Netflix show of all times with 82 million households watching it, which is so wild. What did you think of Bridgerton? Oh, I have so many thoughts about Bridgerton. I think the main thing that I mean, I loved Bridgerton. It was such it was it was beautiful, like the costumes. And I'm a a big like I'm a big fan of historical fiction. And um, the costumes were beautiful, like the scenery. The writing, the characters were so well written, but the only character plot I think that really bothered me was between Simon and Daphne, our two leading loves. Um, and I was on their side the whole time, but what really bothered me was this kind of trope that they put um, Simon into. He's like the bad boy. Like they called him a rake. And I was like, what the hell's a rake? I had to look up what a rake was. <laughs> so basically it's like a scoundrel, like a promiscuous mm. man. Um, and he's not right for Daphne, but they go on and have this like little pretend scheme to fool Lady Whistledown and the whole town. And eventually they start liking each other. And this happens a lot in real relationships where like people are not on the same page about where what they want in life and Daphne wants to get married and have children and Simon doesn't so they get married because of a faulty mistake that they made they made out in a maze or whatever (laughs) and and I get why they did it because they had to I guess redeem her I don't know her status or her um, reputation but the way that they got together is very toxic in in real life this it never would have worked out when a man says, like, I do not want children, 
I don't want a relationship and you stick around and you marry them anyway, it will never end well. So I think that's what really bothered me is that a lot of movies put this um, bad boy kind of like storyline and the girl ends up with the bad boy and he changes like overnight. He was like, Daphne's my family. That would, I mean, that's so unrealistic as much as I loved it. It was just something I was, I just kept thinking to myself, like, I hope there's not a young girl out there who thinks like this is realistic because it's not. Yeah, it totally was like the classic like girl being like, I can fix him. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and you cannot, honey. Please. (laughs) He should have gone to therapy for his issues. (laughs) Yes. I'm not going to spoil it for people who haven't watched it, but like she she pretty much makes this huge speech about like why he should have children. And then he has, then they have the baby the next episode. And I thought it was just a little bit rushed too. Like I would have loved to see a little bit more development. They get married and they have like crazy like marathon sex, which I'm like, okay, I thought you guys didn't like each other. Like you guys were starting to like each other, but where did that come from? I know. Like, obviously, that was the best episode. But like, <laughs> well, I like, for glued. Like, oh, yeah. the staircase, really? <laughs> yeah. That is, like, forever etched in my mind. Like, <laughs> I think that there's a few things. I need to do a rewatch. I watched the whole series or the whole season in two days. And I feel like... I'm starting to become like anti binge watcher because I've binged so many Netflix series that I'm like, what the F happened? Like, like what were the details? Like, obviously, I know the major plot lines, but I forget so many little details. Um, But you're totally right. The ending was really rushed. And I think that's because they just had to wrap it up because next season, Anthony is going to be the lead. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they just needed to like finish that storyline. Their like reconciliation was basically after they were like living in separate rooms and like basically living separate lives. Like they didn't even show them talking it out. And mm-hmm. that's like juicy detail. Like that, I would want to watch that. I feel like it might be boring. Like in real life, I feel like that might require like a lot of therapy and that might require a lot of like annoying, like stupid conversations, but like, that's what a marriage is. And they, I don't think depicted it very well. Like they made it very Hollywood. Like um, someone makes a romantic gesture and that's just supposed to fix everything. And I think that in order to have a mature, you know, deep loving marriage, not even a relationship, but like a marriage, that's something that was like, so not well written. (laughs) I know that's such a good point that it was like sweeping romantic gesture. Like that's a bandaid on a situation. Mm -hmm. That's not like a long term solution. And I did talk about this on my podcast when I talked about Bridgerton, but like, I'm so annoyed, basically just what you said, but like how we are to idolize or like fantasize about the male character when it's like he's deeply traumatized and Daphne is like his therapy like he's using her as like therapy and like a rehab and that's just not fair to place on women but that is a trope that is in so many movies and tv shows Mm -hmm. like she can fix him like and it almost makes us as women go out there and they see like we see men and we're like oh he's a project let me go fix him like no 
step away. Don't go towards him. Find somebody who's on your level. And I feel like that's something that I've had to learn in my dating in my dating life. Yeah, find someone who's working on themselves and working through their own shit. Um, like separate from your relationship. <laughs> like, uh, I yeah, couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like the biggest spoiler, but if we're doing some of our like hot takes, like Simon and Daphne would not stay together. Uh, I thought I had to include this one. So again, if you don't want to be spoiled on like the biggest thing, which is Lady D- Whistledowns. Uh, identity skip ahead I think that it should have been obvious to the viewers that it was Penelope Mm -hmm. because it was so obvious (laughs) I think at the point when Marina Thompson made it into the papers that I was like how did that happen and I thought it was actually maybe one of the mothers in the beginning oh, okay yeah because I was like it's like a mom thing like I don't know what it is but older women they like they know when someone's pregnant so I was like maybe that's it and like I kind of threw me off when Eloise showed up at the house and she's like I know who Lady was sit down is and Penelope has like this she snaps at at Eloise like that kind of threw me off like I was like I guess Eloise and her fight distracted me from Penelope being um lady whistle down because i thought they were having their own moment so like i got lost in that moment i didn't even pick up that maybe penelope is snapping at her because she's like oh wait i don't want her to find out that i'm lazy lady whistle down totally that's a good point about it being one of the moms because i could have seen it be the girl who's also pursuing the duke mom oh, yes yeah mm-hmm. I I don't remember her name but she was like Daphne's like competition for the Duke she like faints in the oh yeah in the middle Not of the room. ball mm-hmm. it's like it clearly was not the lady at the modiste because she would have never been at any of the parties um because she's like she's a like working a worker. gal yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just so obvious that when Lady Whistledown talked about Marina's pregnancy that it was like, okay, well, it's it's someone who's at all of the balls and it's someone that has inside information about that family. Definitely. I totally agree with that. And it was just so obvious because it was like, yes, every single piece of gossip was something observed at a party and it was um never any of the queen's parties because Penelope wasn't there and then it was like um this private information that like only the like four women of that family knew so it's so obvious (laughs) (laughs) I know I know now that I actually I did rewatch it and there were so many little details like I picked up like I don't know if you noticed but there's like there's a card that the girls carry like on their wrists and like the term I'll pencil you in came from like those times when like men would go to these balls and they would literally take the card and put their names on this with the pencil. And that's that's where that term comes from. And and I, I actually had no idea like that was even I thought the saying was like a little a literally a term like, OK, schedule me in. But that does come from like the old times that men had to pencil themselves on a card and they were carrying those cards like around in these balls. So like, yeah, I definitely picked up, I definitely picked that up. And then I definitely picked up like, it's, it was pretty obvious that it was like Penelope and just like other, other things that bothered me. I mean, it wasn't on this outline, but I think when Eloise gets on Daphne's case about wanting a husband, 
And like Daphne and Eloise are in two different spectrums. Like Eloise is like kind of the independent, like I'm a smart woman. I don't want to have a husband because it's going to downgrade me. And Daphne's like, well, I need to make sure that, you know, I'm secure in life. And like, they are both polar polarized opposites, but like, why can't there be both? Like, I hate, I hate that, um, you know, and or, or kind of situation, like women should be able to get education. And I get, it was like an older show and like women didn't get a chance to do both or didn't get a chance to get an education at all. But like, I just feel like it's like a reminder of like, oh, if you're successful, you can't, you won't be able to hold a husband and vice versa. If you have a baby, if you have family, then you won't be able to pursue an education, which is, I think, not true. Totally. Because I'm like, if you were her sister, you would want what she wants, even though it's not what you want. Like, isn't that what being a woman is, is like having the right to choose whatever path you want. So yeah, it was like frustrating when she like, hated that for Daphne because sometimes that's what people long for most is a marriage or relationship or kids or being a stay-at-home mom or a housewife or whatever and like those are all valid life options so yeah I completely agree it's like we're always told that there is a one or the other situation and yeah that's not the case at all Mm mm-hmm are you excited for Anthony taking over the lead? I, I feel like I'm going to miss Simon and Daphne. I was thinking the same thing. I didn't actually realize what the whole like sequence of the show was. Because in my head, I was like, okay, they're, they're, um, they have a baby. Sorry to ruin it for everyone who hasn't watched it yet. But they you know do end up having a children. And I thought like, okay, well, next season, we'll just see what they're up to. And I didn't realize that each, each season is going to be a different Bridgerton sibling. Like, it's going to be Anthony next. And eventually we're going to get to Eloise and then the other kids. I can't remember their names. But Anthony, I feel like, is sort of like a very flawed, deep character. And I think he has a lot. He has had a lot of airtime on the show. And we already know what's going on with his world and what happened with Sienna. Um, I I really would like to see his story unfold, especially because now we get to see a man's perspective in during those times and, like, a lot of emphasis was put on like the woman having to do a lot of the work and having to get dressed up and like, go to these balls. But like, what about the men? Like, what if, you know, what if he can't find the right woman? Then what? He's he's actually put in a lot more pressure because he's uh, the Viscount of, of the family. So I would like to see how that unfolds. I think they did a good job of showcasing the secondary characters. So I hope that Daphne and Simon are just like still featured like we still see what it's like with them raising kids and stuff like that but I also did really like Anthony's storyline so I'm very very excited for season two Mm -hmm. me too so gearing up for Valentine's Day I feel like it's just rom-com season so we wrote down our top five rom-coms I did not think it was going to be this hard to like (laughs) my favorites me too because there were so many honorable mentions and I was like okay but that's not the top but this is really good and I was like okay I'm gonna have to pick (laughs) I'm like so excited to see your list because like I'm like will we have any that are the same I don't know (laughs) (laughs) so what was your top fifth movie 
Okay, so we're going, we're descending. Okay, yes. so I actually picked few movies that I always go back to and like each one has a different like, I guess, message or lesson. So the fifth one that I wrote was The Backup Plan with J-Lo. That's such a good one. I can't remember the actor's name, but he's Irish and hot. And yes. if you're like thinking about like, if you're at maybe my age when you're in your 30s and you're thinking about having kids and like, how do you move on with your, what direction do you go in? This is like perfect for that point in your life. And it's so cute. And she's hot. JLo's hot in this one. <laughs> yes. Okay. My fifth movie is actually another JLo movie <laughs> because I love all Jennifer Lopez rom-coms. She's good. She's a good rom-com actress. Yes, and she's so beautiful, and I like the movies that she's chosen to be in. So mine is Made in Manhattan. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I thought you were gonna say, um, um, what's it called? The wedding, the wedding planner. The wedding planner, which is also a good one too. But Made in Manhattan, that one was pretty cute. I almost chose the wedding planner, but I still always feel weird about that movie because Matthew McConaughey and sometimes J Lo are like basically like cheating on like other people. <laughs> I did the same thing, and he almost gets through with the wedding at the very end. He, I don't know if it was the woman or the or Matthew McConaughey. He just goes up to her, and they look at each other, and they're like, "Yeah, we shouldn't get married." Like, what the hell is that? You wasted everyone's time. <laughs> yes, it yeah. was. It was her. I think she was like, "I realized like this is like wrong for me," but like, I it's hard to take yourself out of the fact that they're like yeah basically cheating on other people <laughs> at least emotionally not um physically but mm -hmm. that almost seems worse <laughs> <laughs> made in manhattan i think it's just like it, it's just fun i love the types of movies where it's like the girl dresses up <laughs> like in like those really fancy clothes and like the kinda ball like gown woman kind of like pretty woman but like manhattan style <laughs> yes yes so i really like that one and tyler posey is her kid in that and i yeah it's just a cute little movie mm -hmm. and the lead is just like really good with the kid and mm -hmm. i just i like everything about it what is your fourth movie top five rom-com so the fourth one that i have is a little bit more recent it's um something that i really resonated with me because i did go through a breakup over the pandemic last year and it's um on netflix it's called someone great oh that's such a good one mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's very like very millennial if you are in that age group which i think we are <laughs> um but yeah if you're getting over a breakup and trying to i guess maybe think about the next decade in your life this is a great one gina rodriguez gets broken up with and basically at the beginning she's just remembering all the good times and then throughout the movie she realizes that they were having problems and comes to like some closure through mm -hmm. that and it's a really really good movie mm -hmm. and it's on netflix right yeah yeah it is Okay, this one's like <laughs> kind of embarrassing, <laughs> but, but I chose a Cinderella story with Hilary <laughs> Duff. It's, it's a classic. <laughs> it's just about. so fun. <laughs> you know, I, I really, really like the Cinderella, the, the newest one that came out with um, what's his face from the Game of Thrones. Richard, I, I don't know his, his last name, but it's with Lily James. Yes, Anything yes. Cinderella is just like, 
whenever you hear like the the term a Cinderella story, like it's it's a good time. You know, it's a good time. <laughs> totally. And I just feel like it's one of those movies that I can watch like a hundred times um, and never get over it. And yeah, it's maybe not like the deepest like love connection and stuff but I don't know if Austin and Sam are still together at Princeton but um I don't know it's really it's really funny too so that's Mm -hmm. the one that I chose it is very funny (laughs) what's your number three so my number three um is this one's actually I think it might be on Netflix or might be on Hulu it's called Love Rosie oh my gosh with Lily Collins Yes, Mm -hmm. I have never watched that because I feel like it will be the movie that like breaks my soul. It does though. That's why I love it so much. So I'm like, I'm the type of rom-com girl where like, if I'm going to watch something, I want to like get a tissue and like keep it with me. And like, this is one of those movies that is like, and if you're a big um, fan of Emily in Paris, Lily Collins is the lead. And it's like one of those movies that are like so true and it just... It just it, it this kind of stuff kind of happens where like so the two main characters um they're best friends and they grow up and they fall in love with each other but they don't realize it one of them realizes that the main character he falls in love with lily collins and lily collins likes him but doesn't realize it until it's too late so they keep they he moves to boston to, to finish school she gets pregnant with somebody else and like it's just like this like never-ending love story of like well they won't they and like that the whole concept of like you know, wrong time, right guy. And that just kind of breaks my heart because I always see that happening. And this has happened to me so many times. Um, And it's like, do you choose to wait around? And I won't spoil the ending, but like it, there are parts of the movie that are like such like, it really gets to you. And like, I loved it. It was, um, it's, it's a British, I think. I think they have British accents in this one, but like, I thought it was, it's obviously not like, it's not as I mean, there is some humor in it, but it's definitely like one of those like kind of emotional ones. Yeah, it's something that has been on my like movie watch list for like since it came out. But yeah, I just thought about like the right guy, wrong time type of like concept or even like breaking up, but still like loving each other. I always just saw like when people broke up, they like hated each other or like if it was the right person then you were together Mm -hmm. so I think that those are really two complicated and realistic pieces of love and dating and yeah I feel like I will watch that when I'm like I need to just like ruin my life (laughs) like (laughs) I just need to like cry my face off like I'll revisit that one but so far I have not got the courage to watch it (laughs) don't watch it when you get your period because I did that and I was a mess (laughs) that's so funny okay my third movie is to all the boys I've loved before I thought about putting this one because it's a really it's a really good one it's so good so um a little background I read the books when I was in high school and Jenny Han was like one of my favorite authors she has two other young adult um, book series that introduced me to this one and I was just always obsessed with all of her stories so when I found out that one of my favorite teenage books was becoming a movie I was just like so obsessed And I love that it was filmed in Vancouver. So, like, there's times where I'm like, 
oh my God, like that's basically where I live um, or used to live. I actually rewatched it last night because I'm podcasting with some other girls. I'm a guest on their podcast. It'll come out, I think, February 10th. So you'll hear this before then. So check out that episode. But I just can't wait to talk about it. It's such a cute movie. And I love the concept of like, she is really scared to date anybody because it's scary being vulnerable and opening up to people. And I I just think that that's so relatable. It is. It's really hard to put yourself out there, even if like, I mean, I know that she like does it. She puts all her love letters like out there, like, but she doesn't hand them out. Her sister ends up doing it for her. But just to put it out there, like on paper, sometimes we feel things and we like, we're like, we're thinking like, oh my God, like, how, why do I feel this way? It's very, it's so cleansing to like put it somewhere, even if it's like writing to yourself. Like I've actually done like breakup letters to, to guys and, and friends where like I've ended things with, with friends and like I'll write it out. And like, there's just, just something so like powerful about that. And that's kind of what she explains. Like I would never say this to their face. So I'm like writing it down. And it just also shows you what can happen when you do choose to take that leap and be vulnerable and her dad there's a scene in the movie where her dad's like I'm so grateful that you did that with Peter because I've seen the way that like your life is unfolding and like if you stay closed off like you're going to be closed off to life and yeah I just I really like it obviously like there's really fun parts and like the fake dating is like far fetched mm-hmm. and stuff, but like the actual like moral of the story, I think, yeah. is really sound. Okay, what is your number two? So my number two, and I always go back to this movie a lot, is he's just not that into you. I always see it on TV whenever it's on. I'm like, okay, let's just sit down and watch it. And it's like, if you're, I feel like this applies to a lot of people in relationships, and it doesn't matter if you're married, single, and they follow for people who haven't watched it, they follow different women um, who are going through different stages in their like love journeys. One is married and her husband's cheating and her husband happens to be cheating with another character in the show. So it's like this huge web of like um, stories. It's kind of like love actually, but like the American version and people are breaking up, people are getting together and like each woman I think has their own journey and and a, a lesson at the end. So I always watch this movie and I always pick up something different because I'm always in a different place in in my dating life. So I always feel like it's always telling me a different thing. Yeah, it's one of the best movies with that rotating cast that I've ever seen. That's a really good one. I should revisit that one. I haven't seen that one in a really, really long time. My second movie, again, kind of embarrassed, but it might be like, honestly, my like It's hard to choose an all-time favorite movie, but I would say this is, like, in my top 20. I've seen it a million times, but What a Girl Wants with Amanda Bynes. Oh, I love that movie. (laughs) It's so good. I just, I love the father-daughter storyline and the parent storyline and their first kiss in the lake or, like, that pond all of it is just mm-hmm. so good. And I obviously love like a British like storyline, yeah. <laughs> like location. I've got to watch, rewatch that one. I feel like oh, it's been so long since I've seen Amanda Bynes on, on TV. I miss, I miss that era when she was just like this really fun, young, you know, lively person. And obviously she's not that person anymore. But um, yeah, I mean, a good Amanda Bynes movie, well, it'll get you through a lot. <laughs> 
honestly, yeah, she is one of the people that make it makes me so sad that like the way that her life is unfolded with like all of this Hollywood pressure and stuff like I just yeah, she was such a bright, young, vibrant girl and I just wish her all of the best. Mm. Okay, this is down to your top choice. <laughs> what is your fave rom-com? So my favorite rom-com is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days with Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. It may not be everyone's favorite, but I don't know what it is. Like it must have it must be the acting and the wardrobe because I love Kate Hudson's looks in this. But I think it's very relatable to anyone who lives in New York, like me, um, who is a career woman. And she goes through a lot. Like, she's working at this magazine who that doesn't exactly, you know, fulfill her 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 soul. Um, and she wants to write things that really matter in the world, like maybe something a little bit more political. And she has the task of trying to date Matthew McConaughey. And the plot twist is that he's trying to find somebody to fall in love with him over a bet. And it is not the most realistic movie, but I think that's why I pick it is because like New York is, nobody has time to date each other in New York, especially in 10 days in a row. And if I had to envision my life, my dating life, it would probably be like this movie. Like she pretty much like does the craziest things that you're not supposed to do with a guy and she gets away with it. Like, can you imagine? (laughs) I think my favorite part of the movie is just their chemistry. So good. I just love watching the two of them. That's oh, such a yeah. good movie. I like when they go to like the baseball game or basketball game. I yeah, should rewatch it. I'm probably going to watch it on Valentine's Day or something. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. These are like our recommendations. If you agree with us or if you watch one of these, like let us know what you think or let us know what your top five is because I would love to hear it. It was really difficult mm-hmm. to choose. So my top movie is My Best Friend's Wedding. Oh, I love that movie. Me too. It's so good. Like, the fashion is so good. The location in Chicago is so good. I loved Cameron Diaz when she was, like, in this era. Like, the cast is just so perfect. It's such a good movie. And I always watch it and I think, like, oh, you're rooting for... Julie Roberts. Thank you. I was going to call her Julie Andrews (laughs) (laughs) for Julia Roberts character to pick up Dean McDermott or whatever his name is. But the real love story is between Cameron Diaz and or Dylan Mm, McDermott, I think, is the actor. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of similar to Love, Rosie. I don't I know you're going to watch the movie, but like there's a similar scene at the very end when Julie Roberts makes a speech and she pretty much says to the groom like I will always love you and like I and she finds peace with it and she comes to terms with it and I think that's a really really hard thing to do and it's something that we all have to do in our love lives you know when you have to like let somebody go and it's so painful but you do it for yourself you do it because you love the other person it doesn't matter if you want even if you're not with them like if you truly love someone you have to let them go Again, that's like a hard pill to swallow, but it's just so good. And then obviously the singing. Oh, I love that scene when they're singing, say a little prayer. (laughs) It's so good. Uh, Yeah, so that is my favorite rom-com. And again, probably like in my top, could even be in my top favorite movies of all time for sure. But yeah, let us know if you choose to watch one of these for your like Valentine's Day plans 
um, and <laughs> tell us what you think if you watch something new. Okay, so Nicole, what is your This Week in Petty? I started seeing someone very recently, and I really, really like him. And you know when you really like somebody, you start doing, like, really crazy things? And I actually have a whole episode <laughs> um, dedicated to being, like, crazy when or feeling crazy when you're dating. And so it's been it's been hard dating during COVID. We met, you know, over dinner, outdoor dining the first time. But the next time, next two times we we went out, we had to keep it inside because it is just so cold in New York. So the second time that we went out, um, I came I went to his place. Um, we watched a movie. I, I bought over a bottle of wine. Um, and I kind of had I had a great time with him um, and he said he liked me. So I'm like, OK, yay, it's going really, really well. And I actually had a falling out with somebody else very recently. Um, he kind of stood me up on a date and I kind of I'm putting him on the back burner and I felt really insecure about that. So I was like, OK, I have the guy that I'm really interested in. I'm going to focus on him. So we decided to do dinner and movie at his place again. And I'm not a big fan of like, you know, going to a guy's place very, you know, early in the game, but I really don't know what else to do besides um, freezing in the cold or Zoom dates, um, which is fine, but we decided, okay, like let's do dinner and movie at his place. So second time that I went to his place, I brought over that bottle of wine. And I remember we didn't have that much wine. I had like, two small glasses like you know like really small and he had the same amount I can't imagine that we finished that whole bottle so on our third date he decided to make me some food because he provided the dinner and the movie and he and I asked him like what can I pick up so he says can you get another bottle of wine and I was like oh and a little like light bulb like came out of my head and I was like um (laughs) do you do we really finish that bottle of wine from last week and you know he said yeah we pretty much did and i didn't believe him oh my god so, I'm dying. And, and it could be because the other guy got me like i was feeling really insecure again because of the other guy and it might be because i like this new guy so i was like i'm gonna play it cool you know i go to his place I brought a new bottle of wine and I was tempted to look in his fridge. (laughs) I'm going to find out if this bottle of wine really disappeared. Cause in my head, what I really thought was that maybe he shared or finished the bottle of wine with somebody else. It's just weird. It's just weird to like have somebody bring over a bottle of wine and finish it on your own. I think that's a little suspicious. So (laughs) I was being a little petty about it and I tried to ignore it and when I was at his place, we opened the new bottle. He, we, we started watching the movie, and at one point, he got up to go to the bathroom. Oh my god! And, oh my god! And I, <laughs> I, I was sitting on the couch, and I was like, okay, like maybe I'll make a run for it. Maybe I'll go to the fridge, <laughs> take the bottle. But then I realized his phone was right there. Oh my gosh! And I did what. A mature woman should not do and I'm not saying this because I think this is what you guys should do but take it from you know my mistakes I decided to check the time mm-hmm. quote quote check the time um to see if I would find something that was there meaning that there would be a message from a girl or whatever and there was no working clocks in his apartment to my defense even though I was in the wrong 
but I had a really, really weak moment and I flipped the phone over and I'm really not proud of it. And I, I mean, I can't tell if I was really being petty or not, but there were some messages on there. I decided not to look into it. There were, there were girls' names and I flipped it away. And I told myself like, it was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. I am a little glad that I did it because I needed to, to find some sort of outlet to get my anxiety out because I was sitting there like, okay, like, am I being played here? Which, you know, I don't think it was right because we are in an exclusive relationship. We sh I shouldn't be looking through his phone. We haven't agreed to, you know, see each other and only each other. So I'm kind of a spiritual person whenever I'm like, I'm a spiritual person just in general. Um, and when it comes to like dating, I like to like manifest the kind of relationship that I want. And if, if you're going to do things like this, like checking the guy's phone, like being suspicious of him, you're going to find the things you're looking for and you're probably going to prevent them. So that's my story. Don't be petty while you date <laughs> because <laughs> it will only lead to you driving him away. So don't be like me. I'm probably still going to keep seeing him because he's really cute and I really like him and I'm going to look past it. <laughs> nice. Okay, that is such a funny story. I thought, I really thought that you were going to say that you sprinted to his fridge and then he came out and your like head was like buried in his <laughs> Fridge. I thought about it, but I was like, what's the next best thing? And I was like, oh, the phone. I mean, I'm not, I'm really not proud of it, but you know what? I did it. I'm, I'm, I'm owning up to it. I'm dealing with my insecurities. It'll, I think it'll be fine. I'm just, you know, we all, we're not, none of us are perfect. So no. we all make mistakes. And I'm glad that I did it because, um, and I addressed it. <laughs> totally, totally. And now you can kind of like put that aside and then um, see him again. So have you felt that your fears are kind of subsided because of this? A little bit. Like I, I, took, I took my actions as like a sign of my own insecurity. And I have, I, I broke up with someone during the pandemic last year. So it's been a while since I've been in like the dating game, like truly in it. Um, Cause a lot of us say like, oh yeah, I'm on the apps. I'm like totally like dating. But like, if you aren't like putting yourself out there, kind of like Laura Jean from, from the movie, like you actually have to take a risk. Like, I don't know if it's going to work out with this guy. I know I really like him. Is he seeing other people? Yes, probably. Am I going to see other people? Yes, probably. But that's, that's the risk that we all have to take because if we don't date then none of us are going to end up with the people that we're supposed to be with you know totally mm -hmm. I love that I love that story that is so <laughs> funny I had no idea where it was gonna go <laughs> and I think it's really relatable like that's the other thing I'll say is like when you are saying the wine bottle is what started this whole chain of events, like I can't tell you how many times where like the tiniest thing has set me off on a absolute like snowball effect. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's really relatable. Well, thanks so much <laughs> for sharing that. I really appreciate it. It was, yes. <laughs> it was I'm glad I got it out there. I yes. feel like, okay, healing. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun. And I feel like we talked about so much. Everything. I know. This is so much fun, Tori. Thanks for having me on the show. No worries. Where can people find more from you? So my podcast is on all major platforms and I talk about kind of like the dating stories that I shared. 
uh, my views about dating. It's called Modern Romance. I'm on Instagram mostly at Modern Romance Pod. You can also find me on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you so much again. Whew, that story was so spicy. I had no idea where it was going to go. So thank you again so much to Nicole for sharing. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of RTBP. If you enjoyed this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts if you're not already there and leave me a five-star rating and review. I love hearing from you all and I super appreciate the feedback. If you're looking for more shenanigans, give at RTBP Podcast a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and send me a DM about any topics you want to hear about or guest suggestions truly anything. I love talking shit, as you all know. So anyways, have a great week. I hope that you are safe and sound out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.